0: All
1: right, what's up, everybody? We, uh, we're going to do a little post-mortem of the, uh, not really the season, but kind of what happened after the season. And I got Matt Claire Ben Golan with me, and we're just going to talk through it. So, you know, first thing, like I said, post-mortem. Matt, what do you you think? What are your thoughts? Just You heard the news after all the rumors and what was going through your head?
0: Uh, I mean, what was going through my head was the first, at first, you know, with the media, we didn't know. We were just told, you know, there will be comments from the coaching staff on Wednesday. We're like, okay. And then, you know, we got news of the, the press conference at three, so in between times, my main thoughts were, you know, wow it took this long to to make a personnel change on the existing staff Um, and you know quite frankly if we are in the bucket you know we were prepared for the coaching staff to be relieved of their duties as a friday night um and then we were waiting for that shoe to drop saturday waiting for it to drop sunday Uh, i think you were going to share some news that you had heard as well taylor i mean any time in these situations for people watching this and for people that that have a ton of opinions, because we do right now too, these things are very, very fluid. And what you hear from one day to the next, it it really changed on a daily basis. And uh, I think for me, the biggest outcome that that needs to be answered and really just was addressed poorly on that press conference between Kirby and and, uh, the the president is um, what took so long. Um, I I don't think you can blame a COVID case uh, for, for the delay. Um, because there's a bigger picture in play here, um, and if you were going to retain wells uh, with that change, then why did it take 10 days? Because mm-hmm. that can't be your reason. Um, and and you know I think you're seeing an adverse effect now. Um, we'll get into that a little bit, I'm sure, on the recruiting side, where you know if you're going to do something like that in the future, um, you know whether it's tech or elsewhere, you see you see these programs out here. I mean, Auburn's writing a 20 plus million dollar check to get rid of a on, you know, Arizona's writing a 7 million something dollar check to get rid of someone. I mean, with the early signing period, you have to rip band-aids off. You have to like, let this thing go. Um, I could keep providing answers, but if that decision was made or if what we're led to believe in that press conference, where a verbal meeting of the reflection on the season, I mean, Hey, Kirby, tune in to Red every Saturday evening. Me and Aaron will tell you the offense uh, wasn't that good this season, right? I don't think he needed a verbal report uh, from Coach Wells. So, I just think in this day and age, uh, it's December. It's the end of 2020. People are beaten down by COVID. And, man, that comment section on that press conference, who, buddy. I mean, that, wow. That says it all.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's tough. Um, I mean, Aaron – Posted this earlier, but just the whole process of how everything went down and to come to this result, it, it's just kind of crazy. Crazy talk, um, because like you know, Matt just said, you could have announced you know something this minor the day after the Kansas game, or you've had all season to look at at the offense and you know how, how it just wasn't good enough, and then so you wait ten days, you let all these rumors be posted all over social media, all over the boards, everyone is talking and then, um, you know, this is kind of the result um, with possibly some more changes to come. Um, I think we do expect, you know, a few more minor changes, but you know, obviously Yost being being the big one and, and now here we are two days before signing day, um, we'll get into the recruiting later, but you know, Baron Morton, the, the star commit is already, you know, starting to, you know, rethink some things and. And so we'll we'll see how how quickly you know Coach Wells can get a new offensive coordinator in here, um, but these things usually don't end up well. I think if you look at the history, uh, firing a coordinator to try to save someone's job usually doesn't work well. But you know, there's a first time for everything, so you know maybe Texas Tech can pull it off here.
1: Yeah, that was my, and I text. I was on like kind of a mini vacation the past couple of days, and so like I was catching news in and out. And the thing that I couldn't get over and I I kept sending texts in our group texts was the fact that like this decision is taking so long to me spoke volumes at the performance of Wells, (laughs) you know, like the fact that it wasn't just like, it couldn't be decided, you know, quickly to me was, was a concern and should have been like the fact that we had to wait, you know, and, and see, To me, it was just like, this is one of those things where you just know where you don't. And I feel like you, the only thing I can think of is because we all believe that momentum was going towards firing Wells up until Mm -hmm. it seems like today. And it almost seems like the administration talked themselves into another year with Wells with a coordinator change. And I don't know if y'all agree with that or what you think about that.
0: I think, I think if we think about it logically, what I was getting at you know, with my with rounding out my comments last time is, is, for better or for worse, we live in a an, an time where information is right at your fingertips. If you're smart enough to work Google, you can find his contract, you know the buyout. I mean, it doesn't take long to understand the scenarios, and I know when we start talking about donors and who wants what and regents and all that, there are many other variables to discuss. But it's pretty cut and dry to me when you break it out just in a logical form. After the season, right? I joked Kirby could have watched our post game, you know, uh, and and read our stats that that we post. But the offense didn't play well all year. The offense didn't play well the year before. It didn't light the world on fire. And I know that this is Texas Tech and the air raid and this, that, and the other. At the end of the day, I think the offense could score 25 points a game. If they won, nobody would really care. But when you're losing and the offense isn't doing well, that writing was already on the wall. Do feel bad for Coach Yost that he had a combination of Jet Duffy and a uh, a form of, of Alan Bowman that that was not what we saw from his true freshman year, and then a myriad of of grad transfers that you know in ten years time will equate to a, a big meh, Or who are you talking about uh, when you when you talk amongst tech fans? So where he where he went wrong is he did not go out and secure a backup plan at quarterback. He did not go. I mean, in this day and age of college football, there is a plethora of college Quarterback, graduate transfers. I mean, hell, Georgia added like two or three this offseason alone. Um, So that was his misstep. And it's not his alone. The the coaching uh, staff makes decisions as a whole. Um, But going into it, it doesn't take me, uh, a guy that's worked at Red Raiders Sports for six, seven years, or Ben, or you, or anyone else to really break it down. It was either you announced changes because you had another four-win season. And people would have expected that. They would have accepted it. They would have, just like Aaron wrote. They would have said, yeah, logically firing a coach after two years probably isn't the best idea. Let's let him make a run at a different offensive coordinator. Um, or you you would have said, hey, they have to come out, come up with $9.1 million and everyone can talk about how you know it's COVID and, and the athletic department is not doing great, blah, 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 blah. But that $9, $9.1 million is coming from donors. And that's the variable I'm talking about. If they came in and said, here's a check. And if you do what we ask and A, B, and C happen and Kirby didn't want to do that, then so be it. But, I mean, we're talking about conversations as of yesterday where the guy was going to be fired. And then you flip it on its head and you look at his track record at Utah State. The ironic part is that Yost came in and Yost was the offense that he needed, right? We're talking about a former quarterback. We're talking about an offensive guy um and, and so you know it's just kind of banana land to and we haven't even gotten to the rest of the offensive staff right those guys are twisting in the wind even the recruiting staff the off-field staff nothing's promised to them past february you know what i mean um and, and so you you ultimately have a bigger mess than what you started with um you've got uh a, a, i would say offensive line special teams those are you know maybe questionable uh, replacements hires whatever um, but then you've got wide receivers coach where you've got Falani, who by all accounts has, has been great. He's uh, energetic. He's a leader in the locker room and he's one of the younger guys that can relate to the kids. And then you've got DeAndre Smith who, who he's done his job, right? He's, he's made lemon, uh, lemonade out of lemons and he's recruited well. Um, and his son is the, the quarterback in yeah. waiting. If you think about it, other than that, I mean, if people want to pick on Steve Farmer, um or or Erdahl, you know by all means but any coordinator worth their weight nfl college hell high school they're not gonna want to come in and like have to make do with what's already there and i think that i, I don't want to i want to hog all the time but i'll stop talking i think that beyond those things you have other issues right this picture that's behind me that's cool right that's new they have that but the game day locker room the weight room, like all these things have to be addressed because you could fire everyone. You could bring in Art Bryles. You could do who you do a number of things that have been posted a bajillion times on our website, but those things aren't changing. Right. And so you can't just snap your finger and start getting four stars to tech or get kids to say, Oh, well, I was committed to this school, but I'm going to rip up that national letter. And now I'm going to tech. Like I just want to temper people's expectations because, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I certainly don't have all the answers, but I think that what I will say as a last thought on it is I would prefer always for the, the staff to take their time and really vet out their options because everyone loves to point at Mike Gundy and say, Oh, well, he found this guy from nowhere state university. All right, go do something like that. Right. Because those are the only guys that are going to come over uh, with a noose around their neck for 12 months or less. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think you hit on it with the the whole process is is what like if if you would have come out and I think Ben mentioned it if you would have come out after the Kansas game and said we're not satisfied with four and six or whatever we're making a change on the offensive staff you would have an offensive coordinator already simple as that yeah. and and Barron would already have known him probably met with him and now we waited this long to see if we even have a head the same head coach and so now we need an offensive coordinator yesterday, you know? And so it's just like, if, if you could have done this in the worst possible way, I can't think of any more decisions you could have made that would have made it worse.
0: Well, what about this option? And I posted this later this afternoon after talking all that around, if you're not sure uh, if there was this period of time and as of yesterday, you you're potentially firing everyone. Well, then why is there not an option to just keep everyone, you know, you use the eat the proverbial shit sandwich, right? Cause I know the fans want blood, but now, I mean, you literally have a two, three page thread where people are canceling their season tickets. That cannot be good. And, and that speaks to how this was handled. And honestly, if you want my opinion, after everything that's happened, who are you going to find that is, I mean, I, I like you. So I don't, think anything bad about the guy I don't like if somebody gave me a new job and they gave me Jet W as my quarterback and a and a you know honestly ineffective Bowman I know that's his job to do that and I pointed out that he could have recruited others Um, but it's it's not like you're going to find somebody who's just a hundred percent better and this is going to be a different story next year so now you've these these feel like self-inflicted wounds when you think of it like that
2: it, it's going to be tough, I agree with you, Matt. There's no like you know magic offensive coordinator out there that's gonna get this team to score fifty points a game with with these quarterbacks. but um just as far as like Yost, I mean Taylor, he did these breakdowns every week, and there was a lot broken with the system in my opinion and and while there's not some magic offensive guru out there that'll fix, there are better options in my opinion. Um, Some of the names that Aaron mentioned, you know, like uh, Zach Kittley or, you know, Graham Harrell would kind of be a pipe dream, but he's still on the board. Um, You know, those guys, in my opinion, they would do better right away just using the receivers you have and the the talent you have. But just, you know, it all goes back to quarterback. Um, Matt, you mentioned it earlier. Um, Look at the room next year. We have Alan Bowman, who's already starting to follow coaches from different schools. He's not entered the portal yet, but it's fair to assume that he's probably gone. Right. Maverick McIver, who, you know, there are a ton of rumors about him. I don't know if you can expect anything out of him. You have Donovan Smith, who's coming off an injury and one running the coaches who might be fired. Right. Running back coach's son. So, you, you know, you kind of have to keep it. And, and DeAndre Smith, you know, he's done, like you said, he's done really well. He got Taj Brooks in here. He got Cameron Valdez. The running backs are one of the best position groups. He got you, Donovan, you know, DeAndre Smith, uh, he's done his job really well. And so and now Baron Morton's kind of twisting in the wind out there. So what does this quarterback room look like? You have to get Baron Morton if, if he goes elsewhere and he might not sign Wednesday, he, you know, he talked to Sam uh, Spiegelman and, and he said he might wait until Friday, which is when the early signing period closes. So really he has Wednesday through Friday to make his decision. He's going to sign this week. Might not be Wednesday. might be Friday. We'll see where he goes. I don't want to know what this room looks like. If Baron Morton does not come to Texas tech, that, that would be a disaster.
1: You almost have to sign. You almost have to hire an offensive coordinator and who is it's like bringing, you know, I'm going to hire this high school coach because his son is a badass quarterback, you know, like that's almost what you have to do with an offensive coordinator is like, all right, well, we're hiring you. Can you bring a quarterback, you know, if, if something doesn't work out? And it's just, I'm going to, I mean, I sent this text in the group, you know, message. I was upset at what happened today, um, just because. I mean, I love, I love tech football, and it pissed me off the way it was handled. This whole year pissed me off because it's one of those deals where I, I appreciated the swing that Kirby took hiring Matt Wells. I thought it was kind of outside the box, and I was like, you know what? I mean, he he hung it all out there and said, this is my guy. I'm giving him a six-year contract. I'm, re- I'm really not even interviewing anybody else. This is who I want. And I appreciated that. I mean, that's his job. Tech hired him to do that and he did it. And so I was like, all right, I don't know anything about this guy really, but sure, let's see it. And I also would have appreciated the opposite saying, this isn't working. Let's make a change. And, And I think it's obvious. I think, you know, one of the things we talked about was, all right, well, if, if Wells is fired, let's list all the things that led to that firing. How long is that list?
0: Well, and and I, I mean, I, I keep saying I'll be a broken record. I am a recruiting guy. That's what that's what brings me back. That's why I work on the site. Otherwise, I'm not here to break down X's and O's. I'm not here to to write a gamer or do press conferences. I like recruiting. And when I talk about self inflicted wounds, I mean, come on, you're, you're talking about Monday afternoon before the early signing period. I mean, you did yourself zero favors and 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 i mean i don't know like i i just i work in the corporate world and there's so much evidence to where like guys don't get second chances like that Mm. and yeah i don't have buyouts and i'm not a public figure but that's why when i made my statements earlier about the logical thinking here you know we were told that the money was there. Kirby, if he doesn't want to admit it, accidentally mentioned that the money was there. And through all the good quality sourcing, I mean, there's never been a bigger staff at RRS than right now. There's like 11 people in our group text. (laughs) So we all have our own age groups and different sources and nobody's is necessarily better than the other. And we're all getting indications that this is done. I mean, if you're watching this, we had it all ready to roll, baby. I mean, it was ready to go. You know, coaching search, the whole nine yards. But if you're only going to do, I mean, really, you look at recruiting, right? The only, like, you want to talk about the gems or what they have or, or the positives, all that went out the window today if you don't get Baron, right? Let's say you sign Jaron, let's say you sign Jack Tucker, you know, some of these guys, great kids, great football players. But I'm talking about what you need and difference makers and, and reasons as to why you're going to turn this thing around. And it went flying out the window today and it's because of their actions and it's because of their inaction, I should yeah. say, yeah. because it, it, to me, like, especially in a role like athletic director. And what if Kirby, when he was the commit commissioner or committee member or whatever of the, of the playoff, college football playoff, what if he just showed up and, and had nothing to say, Uh, when ESPN puts a mic in his face. Shit, he said more in those stupid-ass interviews than he did today, you know, to his own fan base. And that's that's what fires us up. That's what pisses you off. It's like, hold on, dude. You're given this great responsibility. You're given $1.5 million a year. You know, if we want to be ugly, we could say, oh, you really didn't know what was going on with uh, women's uh, you know, women's basketball. Uh, you didn't know what was going on with this. Oh, but you're you're dialed in to the football team, right? And we're supposed to believe that you had uh, options A, B, and C on the table. We know for a fact he was meeting with big donors. We know for a fact that he was meeting with the, the Board of Regents. We know all of these things. And you're gonna tell me all these titans of business, right, these millionaires thought it was a good idea to wait 10 days? just to make an OC change, you will never convince me of that.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, to go back to recruiting, um, what do you think just like looking forward now, this is not going to help at all with their 2021 class, 2022 class, like moving forward. Um, you know, just talking to various people, this makes them, you know, want to win more now even than they did before they, they don't care about taking high school recruits now they're, you know they know they have to win games immediately they're not going to be here four years from now like that goes that are they were already focused on winning now right taking they have 10 high school commits. They were planning on taking several transfers and juco types to finish off the class that that just goes up even higher now in my opinion And so, you know, people like to post about the 82nd ranked recruiting class or whatever it is, and that's all fair. That's what the numbers say, and that's the situation that the coaches put themselves in. That's not going to get any better, in my opinion, um, you know, this year or next year. And so it's just – yeah, I mean, it's tough.
0: I can tell you right now because I did the work over the weekend thinking we're, you know, putting a bunch of articles out there. So after the first year – Uh, And to their credit, you know, they were putting this together quickly. They took six graduate transfers, uh, McLean Mannix, uh, Jamarcus Ingram, maybe Um, uh, Armand Shine, uh, Zach McPherson, huge hit. Great, great take. Right. Um, Evan Rambo hurt. Never heard from again. RJ Turner um, filled a, filled a need, but again, not somebody, if I said RJ Turner in five years, Um, so, so again, probably better used on a, on a high school kid when, when you see the true freshman uh, playing this year. That was, that was six, right? So out of those six, maybe, you know, Zach McPherson, no doubt, maybe shine a little bit. The rest of them, uh, they, they haven't impacted the program other than depth. Uh, 2020, uh, Tyree Wilson, love it. Uh, Brandon Buyer-Randall played, right? Henry Columbia, Thank goodness, right, he was there. But, again, not not what you needed. Uh, Chadarius Townsend, dud. Uh, Eric Monroe, starter. Uh, Colin Schooler, hit. Uh, Morgan Stern, you know, hit. Like a lot of snaps. What he is. Yeah. yeah, Josh Berger, hit. But, again, I think the argument's made, you go from taking six to then taking eight. It's, you have to have – if that's your philosophy and that's what you're going to go with, you have to stand behind it. Right? You can't change, you cannot waver, um, and, and obviously they're getting a little bit of fortune with Schooler coming back and, and guys like that uh, having the opportunity to, to return. But for every guy that you miss on, that that I think stings more than missing on a high school kid. Because you miss on a high school kid, you could convince them that they're not going to play or that they need to transfer out or whatever, whatever. But if we went through the roster right now, there has never – not only has there not been a new coach recruiting bump. But there hasn't been a lot of transfers out of the program. And I don't want to pick on any kids, so I'm not going to say any names. But there are kids that sign with Tech out of high school that have never even sniffed playing time, let alone like special teams. Yeah. And they're still taking up a roster spot. So that doesn't happen at Alabama. That doesn't happen at Florida. That doesn't happen even at Oklahoma. So why is it allowed in Lubbock? You know, and, and if you're a head coach and you're solely responsible for the success of the program, And you got Joe over here just riding pine and taking a scholarship spot. That's on you. That's not on anybody else.
2: Well, in in the coach's defense, you look at, you know, it's tiresome to do this, but what they were handed whenever they took over. You look at this year's – but you look at this year's senior class, there were 17 seniors, right, for senior day. They were honored, you know, their final game or whatever. Just four of those were high school signees, um, you know, from Cliff Kingsbury, you know, from 2016 or, or whatever class that was. Just four of the 17. The rest were all transfers, JUCOs added by this staff. So there just wasn't a base of seniors there like you would expect to have, you know, of good high school talent that's been, you know, in your program for four years. It just there just wasn't. But you know what? What Matt was alluding to there is you can't all you can't take transfers like they have and still not win games you have to have one or the other. And I think that's where maybe the big disconnect is with all the fans is they're not winning now and they're not building as much as they should for the future. Um, you can't have both. Um, but Taylor, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, the thing that I could think of is, I'm not as big of a recruiting guy as you two are. But I think what you're talking about speaks to the program as a whole. Is that, you know, I was start I started to think today when the wind started changing and and it sounded like Wells was coming back. And I started to think, you know, best case scenario, what's that look like? You know, I and there is not I don't I don't care who gets in here as an offensive coordinator, like I don't see the the base, the foundations of the program changing in a way where we're not having this conversation again in 12 months. Like I, something like Barron would have to sign and then be like a Heisman candidate next year. Like I don't, I don't see, or, or you get a grad transfer yeah. or you get no OC that brings like a, a, an amazing grad transfer quarterback. Like I, I just don't see how this whole conversation shifts because the only example I could find where a guy was like on the verge of being fired and came back and was extremely successful was Dabo, because he but he won nine games and then went like six and seven and then they were talking about firing after that six and seven year. Wells has never sniffed nine games here. And how and about,
2: too, how about I, Wells I, at Utah State though? Wells went three and nine, hired Yoast, won six games, and then won. 11 games yeah. and got this job I guess um, that's true I was just looking at power five and, yeah. and but I mean I guess
1: what I all that was to say is like I don't see the it just it makes me mad like to look at your background Ben and see that full stadium and to know that you see all the displeasure and I'm not saying fans should like because you look at Tennessee and the fans revolted and got Shiano out of there that was probably a bad deal like they, they probably would have been better off hiring Shiano. And so I'm not yeah. saying that like fans are the end all be all, but you look at our board today and it is just like, what are we doing? You know, like I'm canceling the yeah. tickets. I'm done with this program. Like, let me know. I'm back when Wells is there's a thread. Who are we going to root for this fall? You know, like,
0: it's just, yeah.
1: how did we I, get here?
0: <laughs> so, so, so fan is short for fanatic. And I say this every time because I'm the same way, doesn't matter what happens. When they line it up game one next year, we will all, including everyone posted on that board, will be tuned in, right? It, it doesn't matter, right? So so that that is almost beside the point. But I wholeheartedly hear me when I say this, if you're watching this. I feel you, man. Like, I, I don't – I mean, I've read almost everything on the board and have no issue with it. I try not to just dive into the middle of it because I don't have an answer. I don't have a solution, uh, you know, from from – from you guys at all, but when I go through what I just pointed out, I and mean, when you go through those transfers, you got to remember, it's not like recruiting high school kids at all, um, because Eric Monroe wasn't available until like March of last year, and Morgan Stern wasn't available until March or April, right? So, so I, you know, spare me the, we need to find guys that can play right now, because neither of those guys played for their former team, and God love them. It's not like they, you know, just tore it up this season either, right? I mean, they have their own faults. And so what I'm saying is that it, it inherently, if it's a philosophy, it affects what you do at recruiting. Because it means if you go after outside linebackers A, B, and C, and you strike out, then you either offer someone last minute like they did today, or you just wait and see what's available in the portal and you hope that works. And, you know, you guys know the whole thing. You can hope in one hand and shit in the other, right? You can sell hope. If you were talking about the quarterback room, what, what was it, like year five uh, or the last off season before Cliff, like where he wasn't fired? There was speculation. They would rethink things. He wasn't fired. That's when he brought in Bowman. That's when Bowman had the promising true freshman year and got hurt. That kind of hope can get you in trouble. That kind of promise uh, can get you in trouble, right? Because you thought you had something. And again, I mean, I don't want this to be a negative against the kids, but it's a results-oriented business, and he didn't get the job done. He's looking to go elsewhere. So you never know what you have, and that it boils down to coaching it boils down to the scheme. And when you don't have that identity, that's why it's so worrisome because you think about how do they – they can't just – it's not like us schlubs where we can take a PTO day and just – Uh, you know, I'm going to take a mental health day or I'm going to recharge my batteries and take Friday off. They can't do that. They got to get ready for signing day. They got to go find more recruits. They got to start talking to these kids who may be graduating and transferring. So it truly is a 24 by seven industry and all the rumors, all the stuff for a 10 day period, it cut them off at the knees. And, And so it's, yeah, I mean, it's a bad situation. How do you, if your coach wells, and let's say we're assuming in 2021, you have no open contact period, no in-home visits and all that. What are you selling? You have to get on Zoom and you have to convince a kid why he should come play for you at Texas Tech and not go to Baylor, not go to Oklahoma State, not go to TCU, not go to any of the hundred other programs that recruit the state of Texas. What the hell do you say, right? Right. I mean, you're publicly on the hot seat now, like right there. There's no interpretation.
1: And we were here, what, three three years ago with Cliff? And it's like, did we not learn anything? Like, This is it's not a successful way to run a program. You can't. No. But, you know, and but that goes back to like what we wanted to talk about, you know, towards the end of this was just like recruiting wise. And we kind of touched on Baron a little bit. You know, he, I mean, he was there, you know, wasn't he on Zoom in the spring learning Yost's offense? Yeah, he's been doing it the whole time, yeah. And so it's, it's just like, as much as like, I could not stand what Yost was doing offensively. I mean, I could sit on my couch and just call out the plays. So I can only imagine what guys like Patterson were doing to it, or we saw it, but you know, you you don't blame him for reevaluating, but it's like you said, what, we get what what happens if he decides to go elsewhere, but what is the what's the effect of that because it's not that's like a snowball to me like once one starts, especially like a guy like him who's been actively recruiting other guys, if he decides to go elsewhere, what happens
0: that i mean well Ben, you go ahead, I've been talking a while. <laughs>
2: I, I yeah, as far as that, um, I think, you know, in some ways maybe tech kinda gets lucky in a way there that signing days in two days with guys such as I think Jack Tucker, Jaron Bradley. You know, Matt and I talked to some of these guys today and, and they're still planning on signing Wednesday. And if you know, if Barron waits until Friday, they'd have you know, they're already signed by then. But, you know, Barron did such a huge you know such a great job in landing guys like Cameron Valdez you know Jacoby Jackson and all these guys and so you just have to wonder what they're thinking you know they saw that statement by Barron today on social media you don't just put that out there you know for fun um, you know I still think Baron ends up as a Red Raider you know that's not not a guarantee obviously at this point I think he's been building that relationship with coach Wells and, and all the staff obviously coach Yost too for 14 months and he, he hasn't talked to any other school. So any other program that has, you know, four days most to, you know, try to convince him to flip, which I just don't think that's happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, you'll get some of the class signed, hopefully, you know, all of it, it's only, you know, nine other kids and then, um, but yeah, you, you, you have to get more than Matt. I don't know if you had any other thoughts on that.
0: Yeah. I- well, I mean, if I'm just being devil's advocate, cause I think the world of Morton, right? Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious. I, I think I personally, I put this on the board, and I know that's a losing effort. I personally think that he put that out there because I don't think the average fan realizes when you're a four-star with 20 offers, they don't realize the amount of texts, phone calls that you get that are just completely unsolicited, right? I mean, we try to do things the right way, check in. Sometimes the job requires you to just pick up the phone like today and try to get the quote, you know? So multiply that. Ben reached out to him. I reached out to him. Sam reached out to him. I guarantee you between beat reporters and other sites and other recruiting folks, multiply that by teams and multiply that by sites. That is why he put that message out there, right? This is a West Texas kid. This is a kid that as a sister on campus who's been in Lubbock every weekend for as long as I can remember. Um, So, you know, will he eventually just choose to go somewhere else? That's very possible. But when I say devil's advocate, I say, look, you know, you, you're committed to Texas tech. You still are, you didn't decommit. Right. Um, I think he just wanted time to think things through because, Hey, let's, let's face it just as much time as we spent on why did they wait so long? You know, they put him in this position, not anybody else, you know, mm. for as much as he loves Texas Tech. Um, but going back to my devil's advocate, like, where where is that spot? And if you want to make that decision in two days, three days, like, I mean, that's that's tough, right? And, and as a quarterback in the year 2020, almost 2021, I mean, you have carte blanche to transfer at any point in time. You come here for a year and Wells gets fired, you decide to leave, okay, right? If you uh, stay here for two years and you decide to leave, so be it, right? Those are those – are, he's faced with a pretty tough decision. So I don't, I, don't, I don't think that he did anything wrong, and I think he's going about it the right way. But ultimately, right, if he says – like we reported he followed the director of recruiting from Purdue, okay, go to Purdue, right? I mean, I got, I'm sure Purdue's great, but they're not a good football program. You know what I mean? We're not talking like uh, in comparison, him going to like Texas or OU or somebody like that, right? Everyone around here has the quarterback commit, has for a while. And you've got new coaching staffs here, there, and the other, but that isn't going to, they aren't going to have a staff in two days, right? Uh, But unfortunately, the actions of the admin have opened it up to where if you get the right person on the phone with them and they sell him on a different opportunity, you're lost. And then you look around the state I mean, it's such a good year for quarterbacks that they were going to get one fall right into their lap. Yost, as soon as he was hired, was at Barron's uh, basketball game like the next week. They they were close, right? They, they talked a lot. When I asked him about that last game he went to, the Kansas game, and staying the weekend with his sister and going to the basketball game, he talked about Yost, 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 Yost. So if anyone is surprised by this, you know then then that's on them i mean it's the young man trying to make a pretty huge decision now going back to that let's say he goes to purdue let's say he goes to wherever right you know he's gonna have he's gonna be faced with similar situations offensive coordinators leave coaches change i mean you name it right i mean we we, we just did this a couple years ago where jacob zeno was the number one target Jacob, Zeno is a sniffed the field at Baylor, they changed coaches, so everything he based his decision on is no longer a reality, right? And so ultimately, this is what happens in the recruiting world, and it's just a reality so if, if, he, if he loves Texas Tech and he wants sorry as Legos uh if, if he loves Texas Tech and he wants to be there, that's what he should do. So ultimately, you know, Barron can't worry about the scheme or the particular coach. If he really does, you know, as his message, you know, that he put out there, if he loves Texas Tech and he's invested in, in being a Red Raider, you know, ultimately he should know that he's got the talent to, to turn it around regardless. I think that if we're being fair to Bowman and whomever else played the season, they, you know, they just weren't getting the job done. And, and Ben can tell you, we went and saw him, the kids got an arm. And you look around college football and, and two things are true. One, transfers are just absolutely normal at the quarterback position. They're almost expected. And two, if a true freshman has the talent, coaches are putting them on the field. So um, you know, if we're looking for hope or positives or reasons why, you know, it, it may not be an issue, I think those are there. But but going back to my original point and what I put on the board, honestly, I think the kid got blown up and wasn't expecting to have it to even deal with that. So we put out a message and, and I don't know in hindsight if he wants to stick to that, but he immediately responded to me and Ben and said it wasn't a decommit. commit. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it again, it goes back to the admin's decisions, right? They chose to make this announcement today, and we all know, every single one of us on this call can attest to the fact that as of yesterday, that all the coaches were going to be fired, right? And, and so maybe it was inevitable either way, um, but when they made the decision to do that, I don't think it was made at 8 a.m., right? I have to believe it was made at some point yesterday. And I think at that point, Matt Wells, a combination of whoever, need to reach out to Beerman need to have a conversation with him, and need to let him know how much they need that signature and how they're going to do this and how they're going to do that. And if that wasn't done, I mean, that's on them, right? I mean, because right now, outside of a graduate transfer, I mean, I don't know who you're getting at quarterback. uh Maybe you holler at. Uh, Maybe you holler at the DeSoto kid because Illinois fired their coach, or you look at the the Duncanville quarterback who came over from John Paul just like Jaron went to from john paul to to DeSoto, but they're not barren I'll tell you that
1: yeah well that's what i that's what I started to wonder as we got closer and closer to signing day and again, this just goes back to like the re- the result is worse because of the process because what let's say the entire staff is like go at 3 p.m today like it's official what do we again what does this signing class look like because then you would think every single one of those nine guys is saying well I don't <laughs> I can't sign on Wednesday like there's no way the school I'm signing to even has a coach so it's just it's like again like no matter what the decision was going to be, the fact that it came today was the worst possible outcome for Texas Tech. And, I, and that's what I can't get over is, is just no matter what it was going to be, the fact that it came today is just hard to wrap my mind around and makes me question everything involved with the athletic leadership at the university because it just makes – I just don't understand how it happens this way.
0: It's yeah. pretty sobering.
2: I think you nailed it taylor just the the timing of today um you know we we talked about this a little bit earlier but uh, i think if you were making the coordinator change um you know you don't want to lie to the kids or anything like that but it happens everywhere i think you could have probably waited until thursday you know gotten baron to sign um but just thinking of offensive coordinator and baron's you know potential success at texas we just talked about the quarterback room who knows who's even left you know no other power five that off the top of my head is going to give Barron the opportunity to come in and start right away like he would have here you know just thinking of the guys who could be leaving and, and who's who's still around but just as uh taylor i wanted to ask you uh you being an x's and o's guy you know what kind of offense do you want to see, you know, being, brought not, maybe not a coordinator specifically, but maybe just a style or or maybe some things that coach Yost didn't do that you'd like to see with the next coordinator. I just want to see like uh, creativity and multiple
1: sets more, which is part of creativity because I still love the fact that you're right now bringing in those two huge tight ends, you know, who are skilled. um, And I think, you know, are going to be good. And so you can't bring in, you know, like a straight up, you know, spread it out air raid guy who's not going to use a tight end because you've got two good tight ends committed. And so, you know, I look at, I look at an offense that, I mean, and I, you know, I hate to say it, but it's similar to what we've seen at Oklahoma state where like you'll get in, they'll get in diamond formation in the backfield, then they'll get in with an H back, then they'll put a tight end in there, you know, then, and it's just, you're keeping the defense guessing because you don't know who's doing what you're running guys on and off going fast. And so I just, I just want to see a guy who, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't care what it looks like, but I just want to see it look not the same every time, you know, like I just got so tired of seeing the 11 personnel, no matter what, whether it was working or not. I, that's what drives me crazy. And like, just out of experience, like when I got my first offensive coordinator job, I was a spread guy all the way. Like we ran Baylor's offense that they ran when Browse was there. Our receivers were out to the hash or to the to the sideline. Our slots were out basically on the numbers. No tight ends, really. No H backs. Like we were just spreading it and going. And then I got to this little 3A school we didn't have anybody to throw out there, you know, so that that first year we were still doing that and we were terrible. And so the next year we brought in some tight ends, we brought in an H back, we were multiple, you know, and so it's a good off. And that's what was so frustrating with Yost is like, you have these awesome receivers, use them, you know, your offensive line is not great play to their strengths. You saw it with Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's offensive line was worse than yours. And then they went out and dominated you a pretty good run defense because they kept it simple. They made their blocks easy. So like I said, I could go on a ramp to answer your question. I just want to see a guy who comes in here, looks at the talent that we have and says, let's do this, this, and this, and let's do it well. And let's do it from all different looks let's make it look as different yeah. as possible but let's do, let's have a few concepts that we're going to do very well and and let's push the ball down the field you know let let's put stress on a defense horizontally and vertically and and you know just use the weapons that are at your disposal
0: yeah which well, you would and, every your, coordinator would do yeah and more to your point right and uh when i talked on when i talked about it earlier i mean in an age where information is at your fingertips I mean these coaches have film on film on film on film and they are film racks. and when you're doing the same 11 personnel and you're doing the same thing you saw that as the seasons would progress you know a good or an even competent defense or even a competent player that that is cerebral enough to, to put two and two together with what their coaches are showing them I mean They know that the throat of the flat's coming. They know what plays are coming. I mean, Texas Tech wasn't multiple at all. And I don't want this to be a whole pick on Yost type of thing. But if you remove Texas Tech, you remove the name from it, right? I talked about this with AD and I was harking on it. You know, everyone loves to talk about Ethan Card and Josh Berger or why we have true freshmen playing left tackle. It's because of decisions that are made by your coaching staff, right? I mean, that's recruiting one-on-one. And these aren't guys that they went and competed for and won against other schools. One was added, like, literally this week, a year ago, as a a late signee. The other one was a grad transfer, an afterthought, uh, because they couldn't sign anyone else, right? They lost on prospects. Um, So I think that's really the rub, right? Because it's easy to say, um, you know, we're in this position, we're in that position. But I go back to it, right? if your job as the offensive coordinator, if, right, if you're going to stick to that 11 personnel, if you're going to stick to what you know, then you've got to have somebody at quarterback. And for two years, right, two off seasons anyway, he had what he had in that room, okay?
2: No and, one got and, better.
0: And no one got better. There's no progression. There's no cohesion on offense. And and that's my point is, like, you know, we love to sit here and say, well, I'm in the carpet world, blah, blah. I don't know if people, like, think that sounds dirty or whatever, but – Dude, I mean, you knew what you had on the offensive line. You didn't recruit anyone better, right? You knew what you had uh, at quarterback, and you didn't recruit anyone better. I mean, I'm sure Henry is an excellent kid, but he was an afterthought. He was was not recruited. That's not something that was, like, well thought out. So don't give the coaches credit for planning that. Give them credit if they would have been proactive, if they would have said, like, we've got to know what our options are at offensive line because – a, they brought in Ethan Card and Josh Berger because they didn't like what they had on campus. Guys like Demarcus Marshall can't crack the the the, the playing time. You know, they can't they can't earn a spot, right? So what what's the plan? Are you gonna keep them in the oven, let the cake bake another year, um, and and hopefully bring in these guys and show them, you know, how to do something better. All I saw all year was them getting beat and beat and beat and beat. And beat. Right. And again, not to pick on those kids, I'm talking more about coaching decisions, Yeah, you know, because they took the opportunity that was in front of them and I don't blame them one cent or one, one second for, for that. Uh, But I, I I liken that to the quarterback room. You knew what you had. So, so you can't complain about it in hindsight. You knew what you had. You made the decision to go into the season with that. Just like you said, you made the decision to say, Whoa, this isn't going to work. We got to do something different. That didn't happen. And I don't under like the, the biggest, the biggest problem I have is that Wells played quarterback. He's an offensive guy, but he he identifies as a head coach, right? And so then you're led to believe that Yost ran the the whole offense. Well, then okay, well well that's the job, right? That's why you make nearly seven hundred thousand dollars a year, right? That's the job. So we can't boohoo when somebody's fired or when they need to be let go. And it seemed like part of that ten day delay was. Who saved Wells' bacon at Utah State? Yost. So he's loyal to him. Oh, this, this, and this. Well, ultimately, you know, it didn't work. Well, all right, guys. So Yeah. This happening. I'll go on mute.
2: But to to me, what Matt was Matt was just talking about with the offensive line struggles and some of these things is what Taylor, you know, what you just mentioned how you know you have to be multiple and you have to put the players in positions to succeed offensively and you didn't see any of that because when a defense knows you're an 11 personnel and it's third and one and they know where you're running the ball and and your only other option is either you know one of those quick screens that they can just blow up and you have no you know nothing else going and the quarterback's not going to keep the ball because he can't run you know, you're, you're not putting the kids in, in positions to succeed. So hopefully the new offensive coordinator, you know, can do some of those things. Um, you know, I asked you what you want to see. You mentioned you guys ran the the Baylor offense. I would, you know, like to bring in someone from that tree, you know, not Art himself. I don't think that will happen, but, you know, someone from that tree. That's just my my personal um, – because I just like how they can run the ball through, it. you know, physical offense and, and all those things. But uh, I'll take it back to you, Taylor, if you want to wrap it up.
1: Yeah, I mean, the last thing, I, that offense is, is good because there are a lot of different, you can hide deficiencies. And that was something that annoyed me about uh, the Yost scheme is like, you're going to, like, you never helped Burger out when he was struggling. You never helped Card out when he was struggling. You know, you, you never set up like, all right, well, I'm going to run zone this way because I know that Burger can't get that block. You know, you never saw that. It was just like, well, you better do it or this play is not going to work. And so I I just want to see a guy and and then that Baylor offense can do it where you're like, okay, well, we can adjust this a little bit and run it this way to help that guy out. Um, But yeah, like I said, I, it's, I I didn't want this to sound like a venting session, so I hope it didn't, but I I just think that's what, that's what everybody, everybody on the side is doing. And, And I think it's, I think it's okay because of how the process played out. It was, it was, it just seemed, I don't know how many times I texted in our group. What a mess. This is a disaster. What a cluster. Because that's yeah. what it was. And we deserve more than that and more explanation than what we got today. Um, but, so, but uh,
0: what about like, as we, as we wrap it up though, we'll yeah. go around the horn real quick. Yes. Like it's easy for us to slap together a hot board. It's easy for us to now know, you know, okay, there's an offensive coordinator spot open. Um, uh, but now we also know that that any OC would be coming in knowing that they're coming into a, a you know a situation where the, the you've got a head coach who's faltering right and, and potentially you know being fired. So I think you have to look a level down, right? You have to to go out of the box. You're not getting Levy from Ole Miss, right? You're you're not getting a, I highly doubt you're getting Harrell unless there's something I don't know about, right? Sonny Cumbie's not going to excite a lot of people. He's one of us, one of us, one of us, but he hasn't necessarily, you know, lit the world on fire at TCU, and so I don't know. I kind of like the fact that the people brought up this guy from Kent State, but I, I mean, I, I think that that's the last thing I'll say. I think you got to look outside. I You got to for, kind of forget what you know and stop going to this familiarity complex of, oh, well, he played here. He must be good, and, and it must be able to fix everything, because I just, I think that would be even worse for the fan base, right?
2: You got to find
0: somebody who can uh, outside the box.
2: I'm with Matt Kent state. He's a Bryles, you know, guy. So, you know, like I just mentioned, bring me all the, all the Bryles fear and shoot. And then one last thing I wanted to mention before we sign off is I just, uh, got a message from Mason Tharp, who says he is solid with the coaches. He's going to be signing Wednesday. So cool. Taylor, there's, there's your six, eight tight end. You were just talking about, cool. seems like he's still, he's still coming in. Good. Right, now, go.
1: now find somebody that can act, that actually will throw him the ball.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. We'll figure that out later.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I could honestly do this for four hours, so <laughs> we I'll, I'll end it here, but, uh, appreciate y'all hopping on.
0: All right, man. Yeah. See y'all. Later again. Later. Say I've got some time. I'm abusing. Change my mind if you ever switch it up.